and welcome to episode six of A Story Not Forgotten, brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everybody's got a story to tell, we want to help you tell it. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to find out how to get started. I am your host, Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist at Capturing Legacies, and joining me today is a costumer, a prop fabricator, and a member of the 501st Legion, Mr. James Dalton. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, first off, for anybody that doesn't know what I was talking about with the 501st Legion, do you want to maybe give us a, a quick overview on what that is? Well, chances are if you've seen a stormtrooper around, it's somebody I know. Uh, we are the well, the premier Star Wars costuming group of the, on, in the world. Last I heard, we were over 10,000 active members around the planet. Uh, we are pretty much have somebody on, in, on every continent. And at one point, we did have somebody in uh, Antarctica. So I'm assuming they had a snowtrooper costume then? No, I think it was a stormtrooper. He, <laughs> he was serving in the military working at a post at the time. But that qualified. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the 501st is also really known for their, uh, their charity work, uh, work with hospitals, kids' charities, and things like that. It's what we do it for. We, the kids love us. There is, it's sort of hard to explain, and I can tell you, but unless you've done it, it's, you're not going to really understand it, but you'll understand it, if that makes <laughs> sense. First time I ever did a troop, I walked out at a chapters, and there was kids, and their faces lit up. Just that, <gasps> they're real? <laughs> Which is funny, considering that 90% of you dress like bad guys. Oh, no, all of us are bad guys. 501st are the bad guys. Oh, there's no Jedi allowed? Nope, that's the Rebel Legion. <laughs> well, you came to, uh, to tell us a story today, so with no further ado, James, why don't you tell us a story? Well, it's going to be a bit of a long one. It's actually something I got lucky with in my 30s. Um, I would never have thought I could have done any of this stuff when I was, in my th when I was younger. It's just, it's about, well, I really I learned what my passion was. It's the stuff I do for fun. I mean, when I was in my 30s, I was contemplating doing a costume, and a good friend of mine said, try it. Give it a shot. And, you know, worst that's going to happen is you're going to fail miserably, then you fix it and try it over again. That friend actually is the one hosting the podcast, folks, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Uh, no, it's, I got lucky. I mean, it's, later in life, I found out that I love to make things. It's, I will make props and stuff like that and I mean it's got me into the 501st and that is an amazing group and it's got me some amazing resources for things. Uh, I'm currently working on a new Shore Trooper from uh, you know the latest Star Wars, uh, Rogue One. It's that uh, lovely little gold colored guys you see getting running by, running by and getting blown up on the beach but <laughs> say about the costume, I saw it on the screen and I'm like I'm gonna get one of those now. <laughs> It's really, it's a lot of fun and it's just a matter of, you know, for an older guy learning you can do something new is really amazing. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to explain what it's like because everybody's like, oh, well, you only do that if you're good at it. No, no, you're going to be bad at it at first. You're going to suck. Trust <laughs> me. It's going to be awful. <laughs> and then you try it, you make it, and well, you end up with a really cool costume or something nobody's ever going to see and it's hidden away. <laughs> Now, I still have a few of my really early projects sort of tucked away so that I can occasionally look back and be really embarrassed by it and then see where I am now. And we're surrounded by, by some of your creations here, and there's some amazing stuff here. Thank you. 
Well, I'll actually go with this one. It's sometimes it's because some people ask me what what makes you decide you're going to make a costume. There's always something about it, everybody's like I got to have every costume I've ever seen, and other ones are like, well, I'm very picky. I'm more. I have no idea why I'll just see a costume and something about it will make me go, yes, that costume I have to have. Uh, I have a Judge Dredd costume that I put together a few years ago, just something about, that was the first time I'd seen Judge Dredd done right on the uh, screen. That was the urban version? Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he isn't, uh, Stallone is not the law, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that costume would only work if you had Rob Schneider chasing you around anyway. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, some of the fun stuff you get to do with costumes is when you're making it, you spend weeks painting and getting it absolutely perfect and pristine. Then you play soccer up and down the driveway with a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing simulates damage like damage. <laughs> um, no, it's just some of the fun stuff. I mean, you, you would be surprised about how hard and how easy it is at the same time. I mean, you can spend as much time as you like on something and it will never turn out right and you can accidentally spill some coffee on it and then be like, yeah, that was it. I mean, um, I have built costumes from everything. Like, uh, I am a Hoovian at heart. I mean, I decided I was going to make something, but um, it rapidly can take over your house or your apartment <laughs> or your condo, and you run out of space very quickly, and we're currently in that stage. But So I made a ruling very early on. If I'm going to make something, it has to be a costume. It has to be something I can wear. It's not just going to be for around the house. And if it is for something around the house, it has to be something practical. And I'm like, I want to make something from Doctor Who. Well, I don't find I look like any of the doctors, so I really couldn't come up with a costume. You know, couldn't really do the costume. And I mean, okay, well, maybe not that. Um, I'd love to have a TARDIS, but once again, it has to be a costume, and that's a pretty big costume. <laughs> so, of course, for one of my, it's actually one of my first from scratch builds, nothing, nothing purchased, all fabricated. I went, hmm, let's build a Dalek. Yeah, it's good getting your feet wet type of project. Oh, yeah, you know, if you're going to test the water, test it with both feet. It's, uh, it, well, I started out learning how to, you know, you had to search some plans up on the internet, figure out how to fabricate parts of it, learn how to work with fiberglass, learn how to work with a bunch of resins, and learn how to do molding and casting. And all of that was from, well, I've assembled and glued something and painted it once. <laughs> um, it's actually a lot of fun, and if you like, if you find your passion, it's never hard. And the worst that's going to happen is it's a learning experience. I found, and I've learned a lot over the years. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one of the fun things I like about the Legion is we always have new people coming in, and we have people who've never experienced it. And I met a bunch of people at the conventions and at uh, Calgary Expo. Actually, last year, one of our members was like, "Well, I can't." I, I kind of want to do it, but I, I just don't have the skill you do. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> it's it, it, if you join something like the Legion or any one of the re, like the replica prop forums, they are. Everybody seems to think that the costumers are a bunch of elitists. There's not. No, these are the most welcoming people ever. I mean, the more people that come in, they will help you. You start out by saying, "I have no idea what I'm doing. Can somebody give me some advice? I want to do this." You might get the occasional jerk, but I mean, if you're putting in the work and you're starting, you're having problems, these people step up and they're like, hey, oh, well, you know, that piece, that happens to be a 7 8 inch hose from this type of a washing machine. Or I want to make this thing. Oh, 
well, you know, you don't really need to fabricate that. So-and-so makes these pieces and these pieces have been made in 20 years, but here's some 3D files available. There's a great sharing community out there. Yeah, there don't really seem to be trade secrets. No, it's pretty much whatever you can find in the junk store or the plumbing department. There's about 90% of the stuff you've seen in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of my favorite stories was actually in uh, 2016 at the uh, Calgary Expo. I had actually just premiered my version 2 of the Dalek. I decided that I was going to learn 3D printing, so while I was doing that and learning to model, hey, let's model up a Dalek and 3D print it. Has a little bit of wood and stuff for the internal supports, but the majority of it is that. And brought it out, I was showing it off, and I was working the Legion booth, and we were kind of storing it there off to the side, and John Barrowman came by for a photo with us. Not the other way around. He actually came walking the con floor and came up. And he came over and started chatting to me about the Dalek. And he's like, oh, this is great. He's like, oh, I've got one in my house. So I'm a, you know, avid watcher of his, of his videos and stuff. I'm like, oh, I've seen. He's like, yeah. And he's, we're chatting about it. And he's like, well, would you mind opening it? I'm like, oh, hold on a sec. So I start taking He's like, oh, no, no, if it's too hard, it's, don't worry about it. I'm like, for you, dude, I take a claw hammer to open this thing up. <laughs> Popped it open. He's looking at this thing. He's like, yeah, that's a milk crate to sit on and sharp pieces of wood, just like the BBC. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of fun because I mean you look at the things that the props you see absolutely amazing on the set and then you see what they look like from everything but the good angle <laughs> it's like wow that's held together with caulking glue <laughs> well and this is somebody who's seen the the quote-unquote real thing like he's been on the show oh yeah and you know I was I was working the photo booth that year and several hours after he came to visit you he was in the photo booth and he had his phone out and he said oh look at this cool thing that I found and there's a picture of you with Dudley the Dalek, with him, you know, smiling next to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so everybody knows, it became Dudley as a bit of a joke because I started to build it and I threw it in my album named Big D because it's an <laughs> enormous project and it's, you know, a Dalek. So, and then my Harry Potter friends started to make the comment about uh, Duddykins and Dudley. <laughs> so he inherited the name. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 get some pictures. Uh, uh, of of deadly and uh, and probably some of your costumes and things like that and get them into the uh, into the notes on this episode. Okay, that sounds good to me. Just for the people that have never watched Doctor Who and are thinking, what what on earth is a Dalek? It looks like a pepper pot with a uh, paint roller and a plunger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually joking. Those were the original pieces that were used to make it. <laughs> but evil TV robot. Yeah. To, to to sum it all up. Exactly. It's the budget of the BBC. You can't make it for under 50 bucks. They didn't want it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's always been fun because I, like, I kind of like to challenge myself. I mean, if you, some of the props, I, I'll redo a method I've done before to make something because I didn't quake at it right and I wouldn't mind learning some more. And other times it's a matter of, I kind of want to learn to try something new. And I mean, one of the guys that I'm a regular follower of his podcast, I follow his Facebook and Twitter is Adam Savage. And he's who I want to become when I don't grow up. <laughs> I mean, he always talks about these new methods, like uh, the costume I'm working on right now. Uh, I was working on a piece of it. I finished painting it. It took me a better part of a month to paint it. It was absolutely pristine and perfect. Then the fun started. I got out the X-Acto knife and started to scrape chunks of paint off of it. <laughs> I was throwing it in just nasty colors of paint, washing it with blacks and browns, trying to make it look like it's you know been well-loved, well-used, and well-abused. And it's, I'm trying something new with this one. I've done, you know, you paint it on, you sand it off. This time I'm doing it with just some um, paints I just picked up at the uh, store the other day. Just watering it down, slopping it on, and slopping it on with layers like you would with dirt. Mm-hmm. 
I wish I could I wish I could wax poetic about the weathering job like Adam Savage does because he explains it in great detail. But I mean, that guy's been doing it for twenty something years. I've been doing it for three. <laughs> <laughs> And I, it's, well, he's also a member of the Replica Prop Forum, and he's somebody who sounds off whenever people want help. And just, it's amazing some of the tricks you learn. I mean, I've done weathering for costumes with everything from stuff I grabbed out of the pantry, coffee, tea, uh, saffron, um, just miscellaneous <laughs> spices, whatever I had around, to just add some weird colors to it. Saffron would be some expensive weathering. Not when it's been out in the sun. <laughs> it's either going into the pot or in the garbage. We may have left a uh, jar of it out and it just bleached white. And it just tasted off. But still did some fun coloring things. I mean, yeah, it's just, you can do some amazing stuff. You can, you can make an absolutely pristine and perfect and amazing costume. Or you can make it look like somebody's used it. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, like, I wasn't joking when I was saying with my dread. Uh, many years ago... Oh, God, this is going to be the geekiest thing I think I've ever been recorded saying. My mommy bought me my helmet for my birthday. <laughs> when you kind of get older and you have all the toys, your, your parents still want to get you something, but you don't want them to get you something too expensive, which is the toys I can't afford. So I sent her a link to a guy who was selling a resin cast helmet. I said, if you want to get me this? So I painted it, and I was posting updates on uh, Facebook, and everybody was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Then the day my mother came by to see this present she bought me in person, I literally was playing soccer. It was rolling down my driveway <laughs> and scratching. And it was just adding that extra realistic touch. I mean, you can do it with sandpaper, but if you want to make it look like you fell face first into the gravel, drop it face first in the gravel. Well, it's making the character at the end of the movie instead of the beginning of the movie. Well, if you saw the movie, his, his helmet was pretty... He's a, he's a street judge that's been around for a while. <laughs> I mean, you can see stories of things guys have done. I mean, you can get Fuller's Earth and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, there's some methods I want to get with that, but Fuller's Earth is, you have to use a lot of it. And I mean, one of the things we is a current discussion with a friend of mine is what you weather for. If I'm walking on a con floor and I want you to look at my costume and go, wow, that looks impressive. That's one type of weathering. But if I want to get a picture taken where you can look, you can post it online and they look, Amazing. Uh, if you ever see realistic props for movies that look like they're well used, if you see them in person, you kind of look at that going, that's too dirty, it's just wrong. And it's just something weird. I mean, one of my Stormtroopers costumes is a uh, Sand Trooper from episode four. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got the big gun, the backpack, and everything else. And I weathered it, and I thought I did a pretty good job on it. And it still looks really good in pictures, or in person. But in the pictures, it comes out really really white and it looks very pristine with kind of a little dinge and dust to it that's where i went oh that's what they were talking that that's that moment <laughs> where i said you can kind of hear it and you understand it until you really understand it i mean it's but i mean one of the great things about this is thanks to the 501st i've and the costuming and all this kind of thing i i'm apparently some people consider to be an expert on things and uh, one of the guys was asking me some advice on how to make a costume and i'm like well I don't know why you're, my first thought is, why the hell is this guy asking me? I know nothing. I've only been doing this for a couple of years. Then he asked me a question, well, I'm trying to do this. And I'm like, oh, well, you can use this type of, you, you know, you can use either a hot glue or you can use a, one of these types of glues. You can wrap these pieces on there and you can do this and then you can weather it in on it and it looks sort of natural. Oh, that's why he's asking me. Because <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be guys out there with decades more experience than I do, and I'm hoping I'm going to learn something from them. 
but I'm working on just still trying to make sure I get the fundamentals down and try to get the basics right. And then once I have more experience with all the different, or yeah, all the different methods, I want to know everything. <laughs> I can start picking and choosing and try to refine ways of doing it, or I can just keep playing it. So that's the great thing about playing with things like this. When you're older, you're not as, in my 20s, there's no way I would have been able to do this. I had too much of an ego and too much I felt like I could lose. Oh, no, 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 I have to be the best at this or it's not worth trying. Mm -hmm. It's too hard, it's going to wreck it, and I'm going to do an awful job. Now I'm like, yep, I screwed that one up. Test paddle. Weathering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had one point where I was practicing. It, it, it's a, it, we, we call it a dusting. It's where you take a fine particulate. Automotive paints work great for this. And you spray it. Instead of on something, you aim above it and let it just sort of fall onto the surface. Well, it, the spray paint got a little cloggy and it started to spit chunks. Then I'm like, oh great, it's wrecked. And I'm thinking I have to, this, and this was a big piece of a costume. And I'm thinking, great, I'm gonna have to repaint everything again. And I'm like, let's put it aside and let it dry for a couple of days. And it came out with the coolest weathering pattern I think I've ever encountered. <laughs> Somebody's like, how do I recreate that? I'm like, Find old paint and hope you make the same mistake. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it, it's really fun things you do when you get older. And I mean, you, you, you lose that little ego and you're honestly not afraid to fail anymore. Plus you get a little bit of a budget. Yeah, well, I've got a five-year-old. I've got a very little budget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's actually something else. It's, uh, that's actually something that's funny for anybody there is on the budget. Um, one of the funniest things ever is people I know who want to buy a costume made by a professional. Because I've actually had some people inquire. And I tell them how much it's going to cost them. And then when they're done choking, it's, you know, everyone's like, well, I can go buy this thing from Walmart for $17.95. Yes, you can. And it won't look as good. <laughs> if you see some of the places online, like a Novos, if you want to buy one of their film-ready costumes, I think, uh, was I think their Darth Vader started at $3,000 US, I think. And even then, it's I've actually seen better. <laughs> but that's that's one of the fun things is the amount of work you put in on these things is immense. But you have something to show off, and then you can try to explain to your normal friends about why you spent fourteen hours painting something that <laughs> looked right to start with. Yeah, you're just not going to understand it, but I'll try to explain it anyway. Here we go. <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, well, like we started out with a member of the 501st, but I'm also a father. I have a full-time job. Uh, I've got a wife. And I, this is something I, I like to do in my spare time, which as the kid becomes older, becomes less and less. I'm hoping that at some point uh, he's going to become interested in this. And he's very interested in Star Wars. It's actually for Halloween a couple of years ago. I made him a Jawa costume. And when I say I made him a Jawa costume, don't think like plastic. We're talking, I, you know, bought proper monk's cloth, I <laughs> dyed it, I made him the glowing eyes. I did not, I did not half-hearted this. And he made it to being able to see, actually, we went to see um, episode seven, um, Force Awakens, went to one of the premieres with him in costume. Because uh, there's a thing out there, it's another one, of the, like mentioned earlier, there's the Rebel Legion, and there's also the Galactic Academy, because the Rebel Legion and the 501st are 18 and over, but if you're under 18 and you want to play, at the academy and that's where he's a member of he you know he's you know attention span of a five-year-old so he can do 15 20 minutes in the costume and then gets bored <laughs> well mind you so can i but we'll just leave that <laughs> out of the equation um yeah i'm not sure what else i can go on about well that's that's great and i think uh it, it may inspire some people to to get out and try things because i mean 
I think the advice that I gave to you is that the, the hardest part about any project like that is starting. Once you get started, then the momentum takes over and you go, oh, I can do this, oh, I can do this, and it just sort of oh, that's becomes a thing. Yeah, well, you've seen my basement. I mean, right now I have got about eight half-finished projects. <laughs> it, the getting started is not the hard part anymore. <laughs> it's the staying on task when a new shiny object catches my attention. Um, that's why I'm currently focusing on working on this. Like I said, I'm working on the Shore Trooper. I've got it and it alone is my only work. And I've got, since it's done, I can start looking at some other parts. Um, but yeah, yeah, Liam wants to get some pictures. We can include some pictures of the works I've been doing and some of the stuff I've got. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get those up in the, uh, in the intro and on the website for the, for the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk to us today and to, to inspire our listeners. Uh, if they want to find out anything else about uh, you or what you're up to, where can they find you? Well, actually, um, some of my work, some of my builds are actually going on, uh, well, it's on Facebook. I've actually got a, uh, it's a bit of a store. It's actually called Skull's Armory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Legion, it's 501st.com. Or if you want to find out about the Calgary group, we're badlands.ca. Uh, that's just the local organization, but we're part of the world. You know, it's kind of hard to organize 10,000 people, so they divvied us up by <laughs> geographic region. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, thank you very much. It's actually quite honor. It's, it's fun that people actually think I can, I know what I'm doing cause I can fake it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time. Uh, everybody has a story to tell. Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. Visit capturinglegacies.com for more information on that. And we'll see you next time.